Hey folks, this is Joe with Joe Max Morons coming to you uh, on a uh, on a Wednesday night. We're we're here joined by the regular uh, two regulars, Thomas and Adam Young, and we are incredibly pleased to welcome uh, our guest today. Uh, Jim Enzer is uh, not just part of the uh, DC United family, the the supporters groups, uh, the sort of in the uh, in the inner circle uh, supporters groups. He's also uh, the the former coach, certainly a silly coach, but the former coach of the two idiots that you know on this podcast right now in Thomas and Adam. So yes, it's mm-hmm. Jim's fault. Um, but he did the best, <laughs> he did the best he could with what he had to work with, is is has been the line for many years. Uh, Jim, welcome and thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. And uh, like I said, it's great to see these guys and uh, a lot of good memories, uh, and yeah, I did the best I could. So <laughs> sorry for everything else. <laughs> so you know, one of the first things I wanted to kind of bring up is you know this week an article came out on ESPN, and they were talking to Christian Pulisic about some of his struggles, you know, lately with the national team. And I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put struggles in my two finger air quote things. I mean, the guy is still an amazing player, an amazing talent, and and highly successful. He's only won a Champions League. Uh, and a bunch of other things. Club World um, Cup. Uh, what's that? Yeah, Club World Cup, which is uh, yeah. also incredible. But, you know, he, he says that he put too much stress on himself to, quote, save the U.S. national team. Uh, Jim, I know that you're a follower of these things as well. Do you think it was necessary for him to think that he had to save the team? I think that's an easy uh, route for a player to take himself down or for an individual, right, for feeling like they have to carry the team or they have to, you know, uh, do better. They have to, um, you know, carry the weight of it. And, and each one of us as a competitor will do that from time to time, right? We'll put that pressure on ourselves. So it's not fair for him to say that um, because no one's really asking him to do that. Yes, you hear the soccer Twitter and people go crazy and they're going nuts and Captain America and all this other crap that marketing has has managed to uh, fill his head with and everybody's uh, eyes and ears with. But that aside, he's just one player um, and he's an incredibly talented player. Um, there is a lot of pressure on him um, to deliver in big moments. Um, now, it's an easy thing for him to say that, you know, he feels like he's saving the team, but he's not. There are so many others uh, on that team mm. that need to come up in big moments um, back from the goalkeeper all the way up, up, uh, up top to those that are coming off the bench um, or those that are trying to recover from injury and, and back. So I don't, I don't think that's a fair statement uh, from him. Um, a little disappointed that, that he feels like he has to save the team. Uh, we've have a lot of saving to do ourselves. We, uh, we messed it up four years ago, really bad. We've never getting it right um, on our side for quite a while. Um, so everybody's hungry. Everybody's exhausted. Um, everybody's incredibly energized with the, this new group um, of youngsters, um, this mix of talent. And so we've taken it maybe a little too far um in in uh, putting that pressure on on one individual i don't think that's fair um 
he I has think it's, to deliver. Yeah. He has to deliver. He's on he's on a big stage. He's a big player. He plays for a big club. He's you like you said, won a Champions League. He's won a Club World Cup. He knows how to win. He knows what to do. He should deliver. But it can't just be him. I, I think that's an excellent point. I was kind of thinking the same, you know, the same thing. I mean, Thomas, you know, mm-hmm. the results have to matter at a certain point, depending no matter what his his intentions are and what his sort of feelings are where his role you know, can be above and beyond what, what the coach gives him. Yeah. Is this I, I too big think, of a thing for him? I think there is more expectation on him than any other player. On the, like, yeah, like he doesn't need to come out and say that, but we've also heard like Landon Donovan say similar kind of stuff in the past. And it's, I, I think, uh, I think our country has a problem with like, obsessing over the one player we think is going to be like the savior you know it's like what are we argentina now like we like it's got to be the team we have like you said we have a generation of guys now who are all of that caliber and like showing it multiple seasons now so i I think he just needs to relax and just play his game adam do you think that he's going to be able to calm himself down for the next window and use the talent around him? Or do you think he's going to continue with this sort of pressure that he puts on himself to be that, you know, to be, to play that role? I think that it'll calm down. I think that, I think that he's going, he knows how good the players are around him, but I don't think he's going to sidestep the pressure. I think he's going to take that pressure on. I think he's going to, he's going to go at goal. He's going to, He's going to take the responsibility on himself, but also try and share that with his, with his teammates and say, "Look, we we this is we're we're too good to fail here. We 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 have to you know take our opportunities, score the chances that we get, but we have to work hard." Uh, I think he's he's going to set the tone by example, um, and I, I don't think he he truly believes he has to do it all himself, but. I think he's gonna. I think he'll be comfortable with his team because he knows he's surrounded by great players. But I also think that he's not going to. Uh, he's still going to put that pressure on himself because that's what the great players do. And I think he is a great player. And I think he, when he gets his chances with Chelsea, he shows that. Um, so I, I think he's 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 too he's too good. We've seen too much of him, and he's he's always delivered for the most part in both club and country. So I think he's, I think he'll be fine. Jim, who, who's the player that's going to help help. Who's going to relieve that pressure on him the most. Is it going to be someone like an Adams or McKinney, or do you think someone else is going to be able to step up and help him out? Um, I think it's going to be a mixture. McKinney has really, really stepped his level up in the last mm-hmm. year and a half. For sure. Um, to where he's actually for the first time for the U S becoming an aerial threat. Who knew? yeah it's it's he's a lot more height with his hair though he's got like yeah yeah well that's fine i don't have that so i don't have that problem he scored a few of those for juventus too yeah no it's just um so you have you have different tools in the in the arsenal here you you know he's suddenly an aerial threat which we haven't had before um usually it's a defender eddie poker or somebody else coming up and and creating that that pressure, but also leaves you vulnerable to counterattack. You don't necessarily have to do that now, even though Zimmerman and others can can do that. Um, so I do think that McKinney and Adams are going to push. I think Pepe 
is going to show up from time to time. And he's just really kind of feeling himself a little bit. He's probably about a year or two away from being more of a legitimate constant threat. Mm-hmm. He's a good goal poacher. He's, he's an opportunist. Um, he can relieve that pressure from time to time. But as Adam said, I mean, the good players are going to want to step up. They're going to want to do it. And I've seen, I mean, just about every club that I've ever coached has had a player who is a pain in the ass, but understands the assignments, has the talent, has the explosiveness, or has that little something else that's in there. Um, and the other players around him see that. So I don't think the other players are going to take this to heart. It's not going to impact their game, that mm-hmm. saving the team. They know it's just him, uh, you know, maybe just, you know, <laughs> uh, sounding off a little bit, relieving some pressure. Um, but, yeah, I think other players are going to step up um, in, in big spots. So I, I, don't, I haven't seen Adams really impress me enough yet. Um, uh, Tyler really needs to, to, to do that. And I, I haven't seen it quite as much, but McKinney is really impressed. Um, uh, I, I like Pepe a lot. Um, I like some of the, uh, um, the other, the other midfield, which we haven't had in a while either. We haven't had a, a decent midfield in, in quite a while. Yeah. So I have no doubt, Adam and Thomas, that you want to answer that question too. But Jim, I'm going to stay with you. And I'm going to ask you a question I've asked a million times. And I promised myself I wouldn't do it. I'm not going to cry when I ask it. But I, I always promise myself I won't do this. But I'm going to do it anyway because you're fresh meat. And, uh, and I'm, I'm curious your answer. Is Greg Berhalter the answer? Is he the guy that's going to bring us through that with, you know, get Pulisic through this, put the p- tactics together, put he'll the process qualifiers, together? He'll qualify us for the World Cup. He's a, he's a good man manager. He's a good people. Uh, he understands people enough. I, I, he's not cutthroat enough, and and I don't think he has what it takes to to win a World Cup. I think we're we're way away from that. But to get us through this and to qualify us, absolutely. I think okay. he's even keeled enough. I think he's mature enough. I think he understands the players. Um, you know, we saw it where he had the discipline recently no one really liked but it had to happen um talk about mckinney he's enough of a a a, a manager to be able to get us through this Um, yeah yep okay um yeah i'm good with uh, that i'll 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 go back uh thomas and and ask you because you know we we all kind of you know talk about specific players and things like that and uh uh McKenney, Adams, Pepe, uh, you know, Wea has stepped up a ton. Uh, Aronson, uh, you know, which of these players do you think are going to be able to help Pulsic um, take that pressure off and, 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 and have an impact on the game consistently? I think, uh, I think all, like every one of them gives a different kind of threat. Like a guy like Aronson who plays basically as like a number 10 for Salzburg, he like, he wins the ball back as much as he provides goals and assists. So like you've got him as kind of a workhorse. You got Timothy way, who I think has the same kind of uh, extra something else, like, like what uh, Jim was talking about with Pulisic and whoever, I I think he's a guy who is like, when we need a goal, give me the ball and I'm going to go at somebody. And 
I think we've got Gio Reyna coming back is finally on the field yeah. with Dorman again. And I think he's going to be a huge, like, you know, what was it? The, it was the uh, Confederations Cup final. Like you talk about big players showing up in big games. The goals were uh, Gio, McKenney, and Pulisic. I think yeah. I've thought for a while those three guys are out and out our best players. And I kind of agree. I think Tyler Adams is an important uh I, I like the uh, the coverage he provides to the back line. I kind of wish Man U would sign him, to be honest. <laughs> Adam, what? Uh, which one are you looking at? Are you looking kind of the same the same way, or is there any one particular guy that you're like, I need this guy to step up and, and relieve one, that pressure? So, you know, if you, Pulisic, is, he plays off of the left side or the right side. He's played both for Chelsea. He's, I guess, kind of played both for the U.S. I think the U.S. needs a, a center forward who's going to reliably score goals. Like Jim said earlier, you know, I don't think Pepe is quite there with his reliability yet. He's, he's, he's like we said, he's what, 18, I think. So he'll get there. But I was looking at guys, you know, Sergeant, can do it he's done it in the bundesliga he's not quite really had the opportunity with norwich because they just suck uh uh i i i'd like to see uh dk again he you know he he, he's been injured but he's he's coming back to fitness he was in the in the in the english championship last season he he was scoring goals all kinds of goals headers he was scoring like volleys he was scoring overhead kicks it was it was insane he was just scoring every way he could we've he also so, got a just guy like, like the, i was gonna say does peacock have to score 100 goals you know I, I was i was thinking about him too but but peacock and dk i would like to see one of them kind of compete for or both of them compete for the the, the number nine for the u.s and, and that would take a lot of the pressure off of you know guys like Pulisic and McKinney and 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 Wea mm-hmm. and you know Geo comes I, back. So I think that has to do with and I know we don't on you know on this thing we don't get a ton into, into like specific tactics. I think it has a little bit to do with tactics with DK and PFOC and the roles they play with um, you know with their respective teams. I think DK just moved. Uh, didn't he just move to Premier League? Uh, I think he's back in the champion championship. Championship. Okay, um, and and Peacock is, that, he is was scoring. On, he was he was on loan at Barnsley, right? Yeah, yeah from Miami. Yeah, oh, right. I feel like I feel like one of us should know this. Um, <laughs> at, at, but he, he was on loan from an MLS team to uh, to Barnsley, and then he went back Miami. to the MLS. Or no, he was injured, so he hasn't really played recently. He he was bought by West Brom. West Brom. Okay. Uh, so, Wikipedia knew where, where we where we failed. Wikipedia succeeded. Um, so yeah, I, I think you know I, I think that top that top spot has to be someone consistent. I think they've got to play that role though, and you know Pepe seems to have the foundational skills, but uh, to me, you know he's he's he he's a very streaky striker, which is kind of a, a good thing about strikers. But he's also playing for a team right now that doesn't create opportunities doesn't score a lot of goals, is fighting for rele- relegation, and he's, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's just not going to get foundationally better this year with that team uh, in the kind of style and the, and the kind of scrappiness that they are having to play. Um, 
I do think he can help that team if he can get himself um, into good positions, which is really the, that, that next thing he's got to learn. He came from Dallas, who, who played um, in the MLS in a, in, a, in a system that was very well organized, very well developed, very well coached, um, you know, and, and, and very well, uh, uh, you know, very well planned. And I think that's this is this is that next uh, that next step for him is is to find that same success in a in a different circumstance. Uh, and I, I look forward to when he does figure because I, I think he will. Um, I think he's got the skills to do it. Um, Pfock, I, I, I man, I, I don't know why that guy wasn't part of the last yeah. roster. I mean, he he, sc- he scores in the he's league. Had some big he scores Champions League. League. He scored against your boys there in Manchester. Mm-hmm. I know. Uh, for the I was like, at home, no, Jim okay. is taking a lot of pride in that, just so you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so then I'm going to – so this will be more of a bit, but uh, our, our, our main listener, Ood, uh, suggested that McKinney is the top midfielder in Italy. Uh, should we in unison call bullshit or – is it should we just do like in a, like a four man harmony type thing, or should we all just take turns saying why? He's a really good true? one. <laughs> <laughs> he's wow. He's there. Oh, that's a statement. <laughs> I don't, I don't know who this guy is or what he watches, but oh, jeez. Everything so you just thought about him is true. He's saying the just best midfielder in the Serie A. Uh, yes, the best midfielder in Serie A is what is what it's 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 in our Twitter feed. Uh, memorialized for posterity. Um, <laughs> I, I think he's doing well. He's, he's playing well for Juventus. Yeah. Uh, but obviously that statement was all tongue in cheek and him, uh, him just having, having some fun. Right. Uh, I'm curious, you know, speaking of, uh, of Italy there, is, is there a better title race? Uh, Jim, I'll start with you. Is there a better title race right now that it's within the major leagues than if you're thinking, you know, Germany, France, Spain, Italy, uh, England, is there a better tight race in Italy right now? No, not at the six teams um, going. Yeah, no, not at the moment. It's it's pretty fantastic. Um, from a fan perspective, it's it's really enjoyable. I obviously yeah. personally favor Juventus over Milan, but those are my top two. Um, yeah. any of it. I mean, the Milan Derby had another had that old feeling to it. Um, this last round. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, the, the Roma Juventus match uh, a few weeks ago was was crazy. Um, yep. Yeah, it, it it feels very open and very chaotic. So, from a fan perspective, it's fantastic. Yeah. But from supporters' yeah. perspective, it's nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Just want your team to pull out of it and get ahead and get some comfort there. So. I'm looking at the table right now. I didn't realize how tight it was, and it's like Very tight. Uh, Milan, Inter, Napoli within two point spread. They, like, they're all yeah. they've been cycling through the top spots. Luckily, uh, okay. uh, luckily, Jameson provides the medicine for that. Now I say that really <laughs> just in hopes that Jameson's going to someday sponsor us. They won't. They don't care about us. But it'd be <laughs> nice if they did. Um, I'm going to switch gears to our uh, our hometown team for all of us uh, in DC. Uh, Jim, is you know you have probably a lot more insight than the rest of us uh, with your uh, you know more close uh, dealings with them. They they we had some ins and some outs this year with some players. Uh, yep. The two strikers that are coming in, we have uh, Michael Strada 
and I am not even going to try to to pronounce the name of of this. We have a, a Greek forward who's coming in. Let's well. call him Taxi. That's what we're calling him. Taxi. Taxi. Taxi's it. Uh, can do you see these guys as being the answer? And does this do you think we're going to go to this two man top line and level out the midfield a little a little bit differently this year? Um, it's going to be different uh, this year for sure, but it's it's going to be different in in the pressure we apply and how open we play. Be, we saw a little bit of it last year, but it was with a different different toolbox, right? You had different players, um, a lot of injuries, um, a lot of sort of managing ourselves through and, and figuring it out. Um, so, no, I, I don't I don't think any one player is the answer. Right. We go back to our earlier conversation. One player can't they can break the game open. They can change it in a in a moment that one player can. But one player cannot be the answer. One coach cannot be the answer. Um, it, it has to be a system. And that's probably what I'm most encouraged by is Fernando Asado and his, you know, uh, vamos por mas, vamos for everybody, right? I mean, go for everybody, work for everybody, work for each other. Um, you know, the, the, they're, they're eating better. They now have a training facility out in, uh, out in Virginia where they literally, they go there and they have proper training facilities. They have the gym, they get breakfast there. They know what they're eating. They're, you know, they're managing the players much more professionally than they have in the past. Um, yeah infrastructure, bringing in Lucy, bringing in Danita Jones is a new uh, president of the operation. She's now staffing up kind of, you know, front office, but they, Lucy in particular and her uh, and, and, and the coaching staff and, and um, uh, the, the recruiting staff really looking outside of their normal uh, avenues for additional players. And I think that's where they found Estrada and that's where they found taxis looking outside of kind of the normal realm. So are they going to add something? Absolutely. And if you look at their highlight reels, I mean, you know, Estrada could be a game changer for us if he's healthy, right? Yeah. That's, that's a key thing, right? I mean, he's back with Toluca and he's playing, um, playing, was playing really well. National team, he's a, he's a goal scorer. So he can play on the big stages. He can break a game open. Um, if we are playing like we did last season, a very aggressive, very open, very attacking style, even from the back and bringing our backs up and, and really going after it, playing entertaining soccer, you're going to see him find himself in spots because the opposition is going to have to cover all the bases. <laughs> They're going to have yeah. to pay attention to everything. Something's going to drop and an opportunistic striker like that is going to he doesn't need to run 90 minutes. He needs to be there when the ball drops to his feet or it's, it's, he, he's able to turn somebody into a, a position where he can lay it off to somebody else or draw that pressure and allow somebody else to, to put it in the net. So I think they, they create a lot of difficulties for the opposition if they're both healthy. Um, uh, where we probably are going to struggle or still have big question marks are in the back and midfield consistently, right? I mean, if we can, again, every team, can you stay healthy through the, through the whole season? I think we're going to run into the playoffs. I think we'll have an opportunity to really shine at that point. 
Um, you're seeing already, I mean, they won the preseason tournament uh, in Texas just recently. So The Armadillo Cup. The Armadillo. I want that, I want that trophy. I want that trophy in our trophy, <laughs> right? Armadillo. But those types of things are, are, are to me, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're positive. Um, they're going in the right direction, but they're really unknowns. I mean, these guys have not bled for the black and red. So I, you know, they really have to want to play for the badge. They have to want to play for the club and we'll, we'll see. I mean, they're going to have to earn it. Um, the people that are there now, I mean, Hamid and everybody else, they, they want this and they want this to work. They want this to, and the fans want it. Um, so to a certain point, we will will it into existence. <laughs> um, but I do think that uh, the coach is getting things right. I do think some of the changes that we've made in the organization and the willingness to build that facility and, the, and the just knowing how they're treating the players um, and what their expectations are of the players are much higher, um, I think is, is going to pay dividends over the next couple of years. We'll, we'll definitely get into the playoffs here this year, in my opinion. So, with, with, right. with the back three of um, uh, Birnbaum, Pines, and Heinz Eike, assuming everyone's healthy, Right. Nahar kind of played himself into, in my opinion, a, a must. He's a, he's a must-start player. Yeah, absolutely. He's been brilliant. Where, where does he fit in? I've I've heard I've heard talk of him filling in next to you know next to Canus with uh you know rotating with uh with Neiman. Uh, where do you think Nahar fits in? Because I think they're I think they're talking about a three-man back line. Uh, they are talking about a three-man back line. Um, I, I I think one potential option is. Uh, Heinz Eike coming going into that cover spot where Knaus was and moving Knaus up a little mm. further field to give us some bite to give us that breaking up the play when the other when the other team's trying to build out of the back, which is what Knaus is best at. He's absolutely yeah. best at that. He is that is what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Moment, little Clyde Sims role. He's been he's been breaking up the attack as opposed to breaking up the build up out of the back, and I think he needs to get further up the field to create that chaos. We saw it once or twice last year where yeah. he was able to, to break up a play coming out of the, coming out of that, that first third and it turned over for a goal. He's, I think we need him further up the field. So I think Heinz Eike, if he's willing to be that physical presence in the middle could give the back line some cover and, and provide cover when Nahar goes forward because Nahar has to go forward. He's fantastic right. from the dribble. He breaks yeah. teams down. He's just he, – he, he opens it up. Um, and, he, yeah, he's a must-starter for me. But, and, the, uh, and the thing about Nahar is he will work back too. So He will. He comes forward, back. He'll, he'll work back. Him when and he Russell didn't before, work so well together. When he played in the midfield, he didn't come back as much. But he's, he's, his, his resurgence back in the team, he absolutely has been coming back. He, he's, he's got a much better mental place. And I, I give that to the coaching as well. Mm-hmm. You'll see his interviews about that too. The assistant yeah. coach is really kind of taking him under his wing and 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 kind of drilled into him his responsibility there. Yeah, I agree with you there. The coaching has been has been awesome. Yeah. Um, that's you know it's a great point bringing. And then I I, I mean I th- I hope kind of uh you know Moses Neiman has a has an increased role, but I mean I think with Gressel, um, 
with, uh, you know, with Estrada, with Flores, um, I think the spots, I, I, I like that we have, you know, an embarrassment of riches in some cases, and, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to fight for, for playing time a little bit more this year than they had in the past. Yeah. Um, and don't forget I, Adoy Edson. Uh, he he yeah. went through his own physical struggles there for a while, but came back on. He is he is a, a someone you can bring off the bench, someone you can fill in for an injured starter. He is someone could could potentially start, but he's got that speed, that that dynamic kind of running down the wing that you need to break games open, to to turn teams over a little bit before they can yeah. transition and close up the spaces in between the lines, right? You, you need to get to them before they close up those spaces. And, and I think you get that speed and Nahar and, and others coming down the, the wings. That's where Ariola was so so effective sometimes when he was on his game. He could, he could get there before they had a chance to organize and, and close those lines a little bit. Yeah. Do you think they're gonna they're gonna come up with a deal to uh, to ship out Kamara? Um, if somebody comes with a, a good deal, I think they'd be open to it. But you don't have any proven. Uh, I mean, at, at this point, we we <laughs> no one else has really stepped up to say I'm going to do it. Flores is finally back and 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 healthy, and he has been phenomenal for Peru. He's just He's been yep. awesome. I mean, that's he's the, an amazing. That's the player we wanted, right? And that 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 and that you know that that drive that that energy. Uh, we saw a little bit of it at the end of last season when he came back from injury. Um, a little bit of that. Um, it was too bad we didn't get further in um, yeah. to the playoffs and stuff to the postseason. Um, but yeah, I, I I think you're starting to see him, but I. Unless somebody comes with a good offer, they're not eager to, to move that off, I don't think. Interesting. Okay. So what do you think uh, what do you think a, a reasonable prediction is for this year? Is it do you think we can get into the playoffs? Do you think do you think do we have a shot at uh, do you think we're we're ready for a championship or are we still maybe a year or so away of acquisition and, and training? Um uh, the opportunity the uh, optimistic side of me says we're ready for a championship. I know <laughs> he is, I know the club is, I know the players are. Um, I know the coach is. Um, he should have won coach of the year last year uh, yeah. with what mm-hmm. he did. Um, but, you know, maybe he's got to earn it a little more. Maybe we, we do as well. So I see us going into the playoffs, no doubt. Um, 100% confident we can make the playoffs. Um, how deep we go into the playoffs? Uh, we could certainly make it to the conference finals with, I think, um, uh, with this coach at the helm and with the changes we've made, just really hinges around uh, that, that midfield, I think, for us and the, uh, um, the injuries. Can we, can we really keep some of these people healthy? Because they're all going into We've got a number of people that are playing for the national teams that are in qualifying. Um, that, you know, we've got a World Cup coming up and other competitions, you know, that draw them over. And, and you know, we've seen it where they get injured, you know, on duty <laughs> and not yeah. for us. So it's true. Yeah. That'll be, it'll be an interesting cycle. A lot of pressure on everybody to play a lot of soccer, a lot of football over the, over the coming year. Um, but I think if I, we're definitely in the playoffs, could be in a conference final if we're playing cards right. I think I think the last thing I wanted to kind of bring up and get your take on is it, it, 
one of the one of the more interesting things to me in the progression of MLS is that I think the teams that are winning championships are 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 more and more uh, you know year in year out the about the coaching, the tactics, the organization, um, the sophistication, and the discipline, as opposed to uh, the you know again to to bring up something we spoke about before the good player uh, or the couple of good players. I think I think right. Dallas is is an incredible example of a well coached, well run, certainly amazing players, but these aren't players that are on you know on everyone's you know on everyone's list. You know when yeah. they kind of kind of spout off off uh, some of their favorite players in the league. Is do you see this being something that that is a is a a good thing for the league and, and do you see this moving forward in that regard? Will other teams catch up? Uh, or, or, and again, I'm I'm also fine being wrong about this as well. Yeah, no, I, I I think you're I think you're right to the point that more recent successes has yeah. uh, come from that. Um, do I think it's good for the league? No, um, I prefer the history. I prefer the you know, the dynasties, the, the runs that DC United with multiple championships in a row and LA was unstoppable there for a while. And, you know, the, the, anyways, you, you go through it in New England, you, you go through these phases where you have a run and you have a team that's dominant because yes, a bit of the coaching and the tactics, but the, the players and the, and the fans and that, that X factor is there. Um, we're not seeing that more recently. And so yeah. it's provided opportunities. Part of that is the expansion, right? They keep expanding yeah. the league. They keep adding teams. You're, you're diluting the, the, uh, um, that core. And so I think it's going to be a few years before people can reestablish their identities and, and create, good academy programs. That's part of the reason Dallas is so successful, right? Um, they have a good academy program. Um, FC Dallas has a really good academy program. DC One of the best. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, and that is what's, that is driving it. And that's fantastic. And I, and I like that. And that's going to provide them a lot of opportunity later to step. But right now they don't have an identity other than that. Yeah. I don't see FC Dallas having that identity or that 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 yeah. marketability or that that core the history um, that that comes with it, where they have teams who do not want to play them. <laughs> um, yeah, they have great academy program. So I think, but that's also because that's what the league went to. The league went to wanting to stand up these academies, and 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 the teams wanted to invest in it. DC United, one of them, and it's been very successful. Now with Loudon. They have a feeder yeah. team. They have an academy program. This was never there before. Right. So it's a different model. Um, but once this settles down in a few years, you'll get back to teams that, that can be dominant for multiple years in a row and, and based on players um, and based on uh, their, their play, not just the, the tactics and stuff. So I don't think it's good for the league right now, but I think it's necessary for the, the overall growth of it because of the academies and because of the feeder program and the USL and all that other stuff. So I think it's important. Still think we need relegation and promotion, but I think so too. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, mean, I feel like these academies are driving up the overall quality of play, but yeah, promotion relegation is like, if every game doesn't 
like matter. Like the level of play is never gonna take that next step. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're never gonna be comparable to like the European leagues and stuff just because mm-hmm. you know every every game against every tiny little club is important. And I yeah. Yeah. I'll stop ranting. Well, I've wanted wanna... to promote relegation for a while. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. touched on that subject there. Sorry. Yeah. Well, we, we, we can it's do bothered, um, bothered me for a while. We're gonna we're actually we'll extend this for six and a half hours and we'll uh, and we'll discuss the the pros and cons here of how to how to make MLS relegation uh, relegation <laughs> yeah. worthy. Um, I I am gonna close us out here, uh, uh, Jim. I want to again thank you so much. Uh, honestly, it's it's a it's an incredible treat for me not only because of your uh, relation with DC United and get, and get a little bit of a of an inner circle insight. Uh, and also, you know, before and I, and I assume afterward, just just uh, the interaction with you and the, and the Youngs, knowing that, uh, that you know that you've known these guys uh, for so long as well. Uh, but thank you so much for for spending time with us and and, and your insights uh, into what we're doing and 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 just an incredible you know a good luck with with the season and and, and with what you're putting together. Um, nice. I please everyone follow uh, DC United with Pride uh, Federal Federal Triangle Soccer Club. Uh, also support, uh, you know, support the, the DC United uh, Pride Night. Uh, and then also August the, against the New York Red Bulls this year. Oh, Ooh, awesome. Nice game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> Saturday Eagles, night. 202 Unique. I mean, all of these programs. I mean, again, like the, the list of things that you're involved in is, is, is pretty, pretty incredible. Um, so listeners, thank you so much. Uh, Ood, we got your question in. Uh, so hound us some more. Uh, and if you are the listener in Hesha, Germany, again, I, I say I say come in and join us at any, any time you want. Um, and uh, I wish everybody a good week. And uh, you're you're welcome for for two straight weeks of incredible guests. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Good to see you.